0: Well, I want to say thank you for the invitation from Chris for letting me be here. Um, As exciting as it is to speak the first night at Preacher's Training Camp, it's also terrifying because you realize that the entire week you're teaching these young guys how to put together a good sermon. uh, And then I'm supposed to get up and speak. Now, luckily, you haven't been told how to put together a good sermon yet, so you can't critique me yet. Um, But, Dad, feel free later in the week to either use me as a good example, or say, you remember what Jeremy did Sunday night? Not that, okay? Uh, I really am glad to be here. Uh, I'm glad my wife, Carrie, got to be with me. Um, As Chris mentioned, I work with the North MacArthur Church in Oklahoma City, and uh, we also host a preacher's training camp each summer, and so it's exciting for me to see uh, what you guys are doing here, and it's encouragement. See these young guys who, you know, spend a a week of their summer training so that they can be leaders in the church someday, and I uh, I hope you guys know uh, how highly the, the members here look at you for your decision to be here this week. Um, I'm hopefully going to give you something, campers, that will uh, apply to you, but hopefully will apply to all of us. Um, when, when Chris called, he, he said, you know, you're going to be speaking to the campers, but obviously it's Sunday night, so uh, you want to make some application to the congregation as well. And so tonight we're going to talk about something that... Uh, Bear with me, because it's going to sound like maybe it's not as applicable for all of us, uh, but I want you to uh, hopefully stick with me, and and we'll get everybody there. But tonight, we're actually going to talk about um, being a Christian online. Some of you are already tuning out, uh, and that's okay. Hang with me. (laughs) We're coming back to you. Um, You know, I believe wholeheartedly that this generation, uh, you young guys, are going to change our world. Now, before you get a big head, let me just tell you, I think every generation changes the world, Um, either for the good or for the bad. Uh, One thing that you uh, young people have going for you is that you live in a time that, because of technology, it is easier than ever to make an impact on the world that you're living in. Um, You can get on your phone right now and post something online that hundreds, if not, if you're my dad and you're on Facebook, thousands Maybe some of you have my dad beat and millions of Facebook fans, I don't know. Uh, they'll see it, right? Uh, and y- your sphere of influence, as we call it, uh, is greater than ever before. And so your ability to make an impact on the world is, is grown uh, considerably. Carrie and I were talking as we were driving down here. I can remember 15 years ago, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't want a cell phone. Uh, I only got a cell phone because I met Carrie and I think she got tired of calling and leaving a message in my uh, room phone at college. And I said, fine, I'll, I'll get a, I had one of those little block phones that you can prepay the minutes and you get to make like 10 calls every 30 days or something. It was not great. Huh? But hey, you got the job done. Now here I am 15 years later. And if I leave my phone in the other room, I feel like anxiety. I don't know why that is, but times change. Uh, That's the culture that you guys are growing up in. Some of you are like, there was a time where you didn't have a cell phone? Yeah, Uh, we we survived. And some some days I miss it. Uh, And some of you older people can uh, maybe relate with that. Some of you older people are like, I still live without a cell phone and it's wonderful. And God bless you. Uh, I wish I were still there. Um, But because of technology, you will make an impact on your world. Uh, Probably more so than some of the generations before because your reach is further. And while I could stand up here tonight and talk about a lot of the negative ways that people use technology, uh, I want to focus on some things that I think you can do uh, to make a positive impact on the people that you come in contact with. Now for those of you who are thinking, look, I don't use the internet very often, I'm not on social media, uh, the principles that we're going to talk about tonight are principles from the Bible, meaning that they were around a lot longer than social media has been around. And so these are things that whether you are talking to someone online or you're talking to someone face to face, these principles still apply. Uh, but I want to especially push on our young people and those of you who are using uh, social media and, and you know you have that online presence to remember these things. Um, so if you want to, let's start and turn over to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. We're going to start uh, with the passage here, starting in verse 29. Now this is going to surprise you, but Paul didn't have Facebook, Uh, he wasn't on Twitter, I'm pretty sure he didn't have an Instagram account, Um, and yet the verses here, starting in verse 29, I think they apply uh, to the way that we use our, our, our technology today. Starting in verse 29, it says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment so that we'll give grace to those who hear you. He goes on to say, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. So he starts with this this phrase, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. And nowadays, uh, you can say things without the words ever coming out of your mouth, right? Uh, You can text it, you can uh, tweet it, you can post it on Facebook. And so maybe we think, well, I didn't say those things. Um, But I think Paul, if he lived today, would tell us that's just as true for what you share online as as what you say uh, to someone's face. And that term, unwholesome, uh, really it, it, it could mean several different things, but really when it comes down to it, it's just useless. It's worthless things, things that don't serve purpose. Uh, and so I want us to think tonight about what we say to one another. Yes, online, uh, but even in our, in our conversations, how do we talk? Uh, how do we use our words? Because if you do, this group right here want to be ministers someday, and I, and I hope that's something that you're uh, prayerfully considering, you will want to make an impact on the people that you meet. But even if ministry, you know, full-time paid ministry doesn't work out for you someday, I hope that as Christians you still want to make an impact on the world around you, and you're going to. Uh, you just get to make the decision of whether you're going to make a positive impact or a negative impact. And so uh, this evening I want to talk about a person who I think had a very positive impact on the people around him uh, through the way that he encouraged one another, uh, encouraged others, and that's Barnabas. So turn over to uh, the book of Acts, if you will. We're going to jump around a little bit, uh, but we're going to look at Barnabas because Barnabas, after all, was called the son of encouragement. That's what Barnabas means. Uh, His real name was Joseph, but we see that one time, and uh, the rest of the time he's called Barnabas. That's his nickname. I had some nicknames in high school. None of them (laughs) like Barnabas. Uh, They're kind of nicknames that you don't want to have. Uh, Barnabas, he gets a cool nickname. He's called the son of encouragement, And it's because we see throughout the book of Acts that Barnabas encourages people. And I'm just going to tell you, you probably already know this if you have any sort of an online presence. There are a lot of really, really discouraging people uh, in our world. Um, If you don't believe me, just hop online and find some random YouTube video of somebody singing their favorite song and scroll through the comment section. It's bad. Uh, People, there are just people in our world who like to be extra critical, Uh, they're always looking for a fight, and if we want to, uh, we can use our technology to do those very things. Uh, But like I said, rather than sitting here and talking about all the negatives of technology, uh, and they are there, um, I want us to talk about some positive ways you can use it, and uh, we're going to talk about Barnabas. Because if Barnabas lived today, and he had social media, Uh, I think this is how he would use his social media, because it's the way that we see him live out his life. And so, if you will, uh, turn over to Acts chapter 4. This is when we're introduced to Barnabas. And I guess I need to do this, because I know my dad is going to teach you to do this uh, later in the week. So tonight, this is our our thesis. Is that still what we call it? It's been a few years since I actually was a camper at Preacher's Train Camp. But this is our, our thesis statement, okay? And that is... Uh, we want to use uh, our online resources to encourage, rather than tear people down. Okay, so if you're keeping track, that's what we're trying to do. And we're going to look at three different ways that Barnabas was an encourager. All right, three different ways. Am I am I doing okay so far, Dad? <laughs> I know it's scary. Uh, Acts chapter four. This is when we're introduced to Barnabas. Starting verse thirty-six. It says, "Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth." who was also called Barnabas by the apostles which translated means son of encouragement uh, and who owned a tract of land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet all right so simple act he sells his land and he uses that money to help others and so number 1 encouragers help others okay so you want to be an encourager you help others you look for those that are in need and Uh, I I hope that is one of the ways that we use our technology today. Uh, It probably shouldn't be this way, but if you get on Facebook or if you get on Twitter, people tend to be a little more open about things than they should be. Uh, I think there are some people that forget when they hit enter, lots of people see it. Uh, It's not just a personal diary that they tuck away under their bed. But one of the, uh, the good things about that is as those who are Christians who are looking to serve others... We sometimes get to see opportunities to help others, uh, which we may not have known about otherwise. Uh, someone gets on and, and posts about an illness that they have, or a struggle that they're going through, or a need that they have, and we can see those things as Christians and say, hey, that is a need that I can help with, that I can help fulfill. Um, it, it's unbelievable how much time has changed, even since I was a kid, uh, to where you know people can get online and really do some great things to help others with just the use of, you know, social media. In fact, I think it was J.J. Watt. Uh, If you don't know who J.J. Watt is, I'm in Texas, so I feel like you should know who J.J. Watt is, but I guess there's another major city with another major team in between you and him, so maybe you're Cowboys fans. not going to judge anybody. Uh, But J.J. Watt plays for the Houston Texans, and uh, after Hurricane Harvey came through, he decided he was going to try to raise $200,000 dollars, to help uh, victims of Hurricane Harvey. And through the use of social media, he was able to raise over $37 million. Uh, that's a big difference between 200000 and $37 million. If somebody tells me they're giving me $200 and then I end up getting $37,000, I'm like, hey, that's, a, that's math, guys. I'm sorry. I, d- I don't do math often. Um, but, I mean, that's, and he's able to accomplish that because he was able to use technology. Uh, and can use those things to to help those that are in need. Now, I'm not saying that all of you have to go home tonight and post something and say, hey, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to raise $200,000. If you want to try it, go for it. Uh, You're going to need a cause, they're not just going to give you their money. But, I mean, we live in a time where you can do some of those things. And if we are not the kind of people who are looking to help when people are in need, we're not encouragers. Um... Sometimes I think we tend to be the person that likes to encourage with just our words. Um, we'll see someone who's in need, and we throw out the phrase, thoughts and prayers. Are you familiar with that phrase? There's a phrase that I can say that frees me from any further responsibility to do anything, but I feel good about myself because I said, hey, thoughts and prayers. Um, and while prayer is powerful, when we actually pray, um, and I know that it's encouraging for people to know that I'm thinking of them, sometimes we just use that phrase to say, hey, yeah, 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 Thought, thoughts and prayers. Whew, I'm off the hook. And that's not helping. If you want to be a true encourager, you say, hey, I am thinking about you, and I'm praying for you, and I also notice that you have this need. How can I help meet that need? Okay, that's what an encourager is. Barnabas does not say, hey, I noticed all these people are in Jerusalem. They've stayed around because of this Christianity thing has kind of taken off. Uh, hey, thoughts and prayers to you guys. I'm really excited about you. I'm going to go back to this huge piece of land that I'm not using. uh, But, hey, thoughts and prayers. No, he says, hey, I've got some land. I'm going to sell it. We can use this money to help those that are in need. That is an encourager, all right? That is a a positive way that you can use your technology uh, to help other people. Don't just send them your thoughts and prayers. Now, I'm talking about helping others. We're not just talking about physical things, I would hope. If you guys are, you want to be ministers. And let me just tell you this. I try to do a better job of this at our preacher's training camp. Um, I hope someday that you will choose to enter into the career of ministry. But I hope that you'll make the decision right now that you are ministers. You are ministers for God. You are, you are about His ministry. Uh, and so regardless of what you do right now, these are things that you can do is use your online presence to help others. And yes, as great as it is to help people physically, uh, our world has spiritual needs as well. Uh, and so, if you are the kind that only uses your social media to post things that you think are funny, um, that's not bad. Uh, but, but what need are you meeting? Um, and I am guilty of this. Uh, I, I'll just tell you, I don't really like social media, um, but I realize that I live in a time where, you know, like if I want to connect with the young people in my youth group, I kind of need to be there. Um, if I could not be on it, I wouldn't, and so I don't really post a whole lot. And when I do, I really usually look back and think, why did I post that? Waste of time. Uh, And it's usually about my sports teams and it's embarrassing anyways because my sports teams are embarrassing. I'm not going to tell you who that is. I'll let you just leave that up to your imagination. Um, But, we have the tendency to just kind of be self-driven when it comes to what we share online. I think this is funny or I think this is important or I think this is, you know, what can I do to help others? Use your social media as a way to reach out and, and fulfill people's spiritual needs. Uh, if that's something as simple as posting a verse, great. Uh, if that's something as simple as, I, I've seen people before post something like, hey, what can I pray for you today about? And guess what? People will say, hey, could you pray for this? And I know you may think that's, that's nothing. I mean, just to post a verse, that, that's nothing. When I was in school up in Denver, uh, training for ministry, I took a class called Ministry Technology, and one of the requirements was to, if you didn't have a Facebook account, you had to create one, and you just had to post something spiritual once a day. And I was like, ugh, I hate, I don't like posting online at all, and this isn't going to make a difference, but I'll do it. And so each day was usually just like a spiritual quote or a verse, and I'm thinking, this is making no impact, and it's required. And that's why I can say this, because I'm not boasting, because someone forced me to do it. Uh... But I just posted a verse each day, simple, thinking, you know what, this isn't making a difference. Uh, Until about halfway through the month, one of the guys that I grew up going to school with, he wasn't a Christian, he sent me a message and he said, hey, I noticed you have been posting some spiritual stuff online. Uh, My wife and I have really been struggling. Uh, We want to have a baby and we can't. Would you be willing to pray for us? Guess what? Boom, open door. A chance that I would not have had before, if I hadn't just been... And again, I know you think that, that's nothing. You're just sharing a verse. But when people see that you are the kind of person that can help them with their spiritual needs, they're going to come to you. If you're just a guy that posts funny memes all the time, guess what? They're my, I'll come to him when I need a chuckle. If you don't know what a meme is, you can look it up. I'm not sure I really know what a meme is. Um, but you guys know what a meme is, and that's all that matters. Um, but if, if that's all I am online is, is funny guy... People are going to come meet, come to me for funny stuff, but guess what? When it comes for their spiritual needs, they're going to go somewhere else. Um, if uh, if I'm confrontation guy online, they're going to come to me when they want to fight, right? But not when they need their spiritual needs met. Um, and I'm not saying that everything that we have to share online has to be a Bible verse or has to have an invitation at the end. Uh, you can share things that you, you know are personal or, or funny, but... If you don't ever introduce the spiritual aspect of it, when people have those spiritual needs, they're not going to come to you. Um, And if you want to be an encourager, you help others. And that means their physical needs. uh, But even more so, it means uh, their spiritual needs. All right? Uh, So now let's turn over to Acts uh, chapter 10. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 9. So if you want to be an encourager, I think my dad would even say, if you can just hold up one finger... I'm trying to remember all the things my dad told me over the years. Uh, Number one, you help others. Uh, But number two, we find in Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 27. Uh, Actually, let's jump back and start in verse 26. This is talking about Paul. Paul has become a Christian, and uh, the disciples are not welcoming him because, understandably, he was killing Christians. He was, uh, you know, persecuting them. And so in verse 26, it says, when he came to Jerusalem... He was trying to associate with disciples. Uh, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas, good old Barnabas, took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. Okay, so Barnabas could have done like the other disciples and said, Yeah, Paul, you kind of got a, a shady past, not ready. You know what Barnabas does? He stands up for him. And if you want to be an encourager, you stand up for people, okay? Um, You get online, and you're going to find pretty quickly that there are a lot of bullies in our world. And for whatever reason, through technology, it has become easier than ever to be a bully. You know why? Because now I can bully people, and they don't even get to know that it's me. I can hide behind a screen name or some profile picture, and I'm just at whatever, and they're like, I don't know who this guy is. Perfect for me, because now I can say hateful things to you, and you can't even know who I am. I could be your next-door neighbor, and you wouldn't even know it. Um, I I think I saw a statistic that said anywhere from 40 to 50 percent of teenagers claim to have been bullied online in their life. Um, I would guess that it's probably higher now, Um, and I'm not saying that it's, you know, always uh, super serious, hateful things, but uh, Maybe you share something, and, and somebody comes back at you and says something hateful about it. And it's like, wow, you know, I don't need that. There are a lot of really critical people online. I say that because sometimes it's necessary for us as Christians to step in and say, if I want to be an encourager, I don't, say, I don't just say uplifting things. I look for those who are being knocked down, and I say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to pick that person up. Uh, that's what Barnabas did with Paul. Paul comes in. He doesn't really fit. He's not fitting in with the crowd and Barnabas says, hey guys, he's, he's with me, okay? Paul, Paul's my buddy, uh, and I'm going to stand up for him. We need to be those people. We need to be the kind of people who are willing to stand up for uh, those who are in need. Sometimes that's when they're being knocked down, and we want to lift them back up. But a, a person who stands by those who are in need doesn't just mean we wait until people are being bullied, and then we step in and say, hey, don't act like that. That means we are actively looking for those who are the outcasts, those who are different than us, uh, those who may even have different opinions than us, and guess what we do? We step out and we try to make them feel welcome. That's what Barnabas did. He wanted Paul to feel like he was part of the group. He was part of uh, what he was a part of. Um, I know I have in the past, and I have, I've, I've watched as, other, as others have done it as well. We have the tendency to want to get online and look for people that we can pick at. It's like, oh, I disagree with that. So I come in and say, I disagree. Let me read a little bit further. Oh, no, 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 I disagree with that. Um, This is a silly illustration. That's why I'm going to use it, because I don't want to talk about things I actually need to change. Um, On Facebook this last week, I saw these guys getting into a huge argument about whether Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time, or Who? LeBron James, you must have seen the same argument. I'm just kidding. It's, it's a big deal, I guess. I mean, these guys are going back and forth, and they're throwing statistics, and they're throwing opinions, and these, re- these guys are friends, and it's weird how you can get into a really heated discussion with your friends and then be okay afterward, but, I mean, they're going back and forth, and I was thinking, it's silly that even something that's little, like this, uh, you can get into such a, a heated argument about. And I just wanted to pop in and say, guys, Michael Jordan... Defeated aliens with just the Looney Tunes, right? <laughs> LeBron hasn't done that. Then I find out that movie may not have been based on true events, and so really ruined my argument. But uh, isn't it funny though that that we a lot of people get online and it's just like, all right, who can I fight with tonight? Aha, this person disagrees with me. We just want to pop in and we want to say a little something, and we step out. Uh, and you know, there was a time in our country where I think there was a, a, a place for debates. And I think still some there, debates happen and can be done well. But debates online are not the same as debates face-to-face. You know, Chris and I want to debate something. We stand up here. He makes his, well, we have two pulpits. He makes his point. I make my point. We go back and forth. And then at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's your decision to decide what, who you side with. Um, but that's not online. I can pop in whenever I want. Hey, I hopped off and I found these statistics. Huh. I'm, Whoa! I'm out. Well, now we can't we can't engage because people aren't really engaging in a conversation. They're just coming in and throwing a fact and then running away again and then popping in later when it's right for them and they throw. And that's not helpful. Um, instead, we need to be the kind of people who, rather than looking for little things that we can pick at and things that we can disagree with, we find people that uh, are maybe being treated that way and we lift them up. We encourage them. Now, that may be publicly. That may be hopping in when when you see somebody on whatever billion different social media accounts there are now. I can't keep track of all of them, but you hop in, you see someone that's being treated wrongly, and you say, guys, that's not right, okay? And you make a stand, just like Barnabas, and you make it publicly. And then there are going to be some times where you just maybe talk to someone privately and say, hey, I saw some of the stuff that was posted. Hey, I just want you to know that not everybody thinks that way. That was really rude of them to say those things. I hope you know I care about you, and there are a lot of people that care about you. Those are the kinds of people that we want to be if we're encouragers. Uh, We lift up those that are hurting. We lift up those uh, who may be outcasts. And, um, again, like I said, that doesn't mean we have to wait until someone's bullied. Sometimes it's just, you know, the new kid. Or sometimes it's the person that we know is a little different than everybody else that has a hard time fitting in and going out of our way to make those people feel welcome. Um, That's an encourager. They help others, and they stand up for others. Uh, But third and finally, let's turn over a couple more chapters to Acts chapter 15. Now, I always found this, uh, this part of the story interesting because... We just read that Barnabas has stood up for Paul because Paul made some bad decisions in his past, and Barnabas stepped in and said, hey, you know, Paul's with me. And then you get Paul on the other side of things this time. He's the one that's wanting to exclude someone um, because Barnabas's cousin, John Mark, who ditched them on their first trip, wants to come along for their second missionary journey, and Paul says, I don't think we need to take John Mark with us. But Barnabas, being the encourager that he is, this is what it says in verse 37 of Acts chapter 15. It said, Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus." Um, You want to be an encourager. You help others. You stand up for others, uh, but you also believe in others. And what I mean by that is, uh, you look for the best in people. You look for people's potential. uh, You don't always uh, just look at the bad in someone's life and say, you know what, they they made some bad decisions. I'm just going to cast them out. Uh, You believe in people. Barnabas could have easily said, you know what, Paul is right. We we did all that work, and John, Mark, we invited you to go with us. And once things kind of got rocky, you, you left. And like, I just can't risk that again. But Barnabas says, nope, I forgive you. Uh, I, I'm willing to even separate from Paul and take you with me, and I'll be a mentor and encourage you. And later we actually find out that Barnabas made the right decision because in uh, other places in the New Testament, Paul talks about the fact that uh, John Mark is close to him. Uh, and so Paul came around. But it's because Barnabas realized that, you know what? John Mark isn't perfect, uh, but there's good in him. There's potential in him, and I'm going to see it, and I'm going to encourage him. That's what an encourager does. They believe in people. Um, It's easy to get online and find the differences with people, the things we disagree with, Uh, to get on and say, oh, wow, you think that? I don't think that, so I can't have anything to do with you. Um, That's easy. Um, Where it's more difficult is to look at people who are Uh, uh, maybe don't agree with us or maybe even people who have hurt us in the past and say you know what, I'm going to give you a second chance I want to give you a second chance because I've been given second chances uh, and so I want to give you a second chance and that's what Barnabas does, he believes in them Uh, because when other people know that we believe in them and that they matter to us it makes a difference Uh, it impacts people's lives again this is a silly illustration but I guess I'm just a silly person what I tell you, I'm the guy that just tries to be funny on social media and fails most of the time. So I'm not even good at that. Um, I had a friend in college. I went to school at Oklahoma Christian. Uh, halfway through his sophomore year, he decided he was going to transfer schools. And me and his buddies, we were like, "No, man, you got to stay here at school." You know, we en- and he just said, "I just, I know you guys, but I just don't feel like there's many people here that care that I'm here. I- I've got a friend that goes." Uh, And I'm not going to name the other school, but he was going to go to another school. Um, So one weekend, me and a couple of my friends decided we were going to film a video uh, talking to different people on campus, telling Jared, hey, come back to school, because we care about you. And we got tons of people. Uh, And they were people that knew him and cared about him. And we made this video, and I just posted it on YouTube and said, hey, Jared, I thought you might want to see this. And he saw it, and he stayed at school. Uh, I, and I was blown away. I, I was sure he was graduating. And i not real close with him now, uh, but I had talked to him within the last couple years, and he said, I know you guys were being goofy with that video, uh, but I hope you know that that's the reason that I stayed. And he said, and if it weren't for that video, I would not have met my wife. Um, and he goes, I know it's silly, but I, I'm glad you did that um, because it showed me that there were people who cared about me. And as, as goofy as the video was, and it was goofy, I mean, if I was involved, it was goofy. Uh, but he was able to see that there were people who cared about him, people that wanted him around. And he looked at that and went, wow, that, that makes a difference. There are a lot of people in our world who don't think people believe in them, who think people are just looking at their mistakes, who think people uh, only care about the problems in their life, uh, and they just want someone who will step up and say, hey, I believe in you. I believe in you. That's encouraging. Not someone to just say, hey, well, you know, keep going. You know, you can do it. I'll, I'll be praying for you. But someone that steps up and says, hey, you know what? It, it may cost me some of the friendships in my life, but I'm going to give you a second chance. I'm going to forgive you. Uh, that's the kind of person that we need to be. Use your social media to make those positive impacts in people's lives. So they said something bad about you. That's all right. Dust it off. You're okay. Pick yourself back up and, and be an encouragement to them. Believe in people. See the best in people. Um, I often wonder if people treated me the same way that I treat everybody else. uh, Would I get as many second chances as I do? Uh, Would I be treated as fairly as I am? And the answer is probably not. And to take it to another level, when I think of the relationship that I have with God uh, as compared to the relationship that I have with others, and I think of how many times God has given me a second chance and a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a five millionth chance. I mean, God's patient with us, uh, and sometimes we get hurt once. And what do we think? Well, I'm I'm done with that person. See the best in people. Uh, see the potential in people, and invest in them. That's a way that you can encourage others. Um, there are a lot of bad ways that you can use technology. Uh, you can be critical. You can complain you can find confrontation. My wife told me on the way down here that if you're a good preacher, you can make all your points start with the same letter, Uh, and I couldn't with my three main points, so I had to do it with just the points and the conclusion. It's okay. My wife is also a teacher, though, so she likes letters and all that stuff. I went into ministry, so I don't have to do math, which I already showed you I can do, kind of, Uh, and I don't have to deal with spelling and things like that, but There are a lot of negative ways you can use social media, and young people, I know you have seen other people your age use it in those ways. Um, And older generation, uh, I think there are some of us who maybe look at social media and technology, and because of those things, we see it as a bad thing. We see social media and technology as bad. Uh, But let me just tell you tonight, social media, technology, uh, internet, all of that, it's not good or bad. It's just a thing. Uh, It's it's just a thing. Uh, It's the way that we use it that determines whether it's good or whether it's bad. My wife and I drove here in a car. Guess what? It's a car. It's not, well, I almost said it's not a good car. It's not a bad car. It's probably more on the bad car side than it is a good car. Uh, But it, I mean, it has no moral code. It's just a car. Uh, can I do some great things with my car? Sure. Give somebody a ride that needs a ride. I drove down here, you know, that allowed me to be a part of uh, Preacher's Training Camp. Can you do some awful things with the car as well? Sure. But at the end of the day, it's just a car. It, doesn't, it didn't have any choice in the matter. That's the same with technology. And guys, you are going to decide whether technology is a good thing in your life or if it's a bad thing in your life. I hope that you will be a Barnabas online. Now, again, Barnabas didn't have social media. Uh, If he did, I guarantee you he would be the guy that's super, super, super encouraging all the time. Because that's Barnabas. And I hope that you will try your best to do it in the same way. Now, if you never, ever, ever, ever have a social media account of any kind, never plan to, that's great. I still hope these are things that in your life you will choose to live by. And that is, being an encourager, helping others, uh, standing up for others, believing in others. uh, That's the kind of encouragement that God expects from His people. Um, This is now a time that we we call the encouragement at the end of the sermon. And one of the ways that we can encourage one another is uh, in times like this when we're together. And uh, so we do, if there's anyone here who uh, has a need, uh, wants the prayers of the congregation, or maybe tonight is the night that you've decided that you want to begin your walk with Christ uh, and to be baptized and Uh, have your sins washed away, I want to encourage you uh, to do that tonight as we stand and sing this song.